Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today's guest is Thane Ringler. Man, he's he's doing some incredible things right now. He's got a book. He's uh, got some online courses. He's a speaker. He's a uh, former professional golfer. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of fun, interesting things. But uh, we're going to be talking today about the art of creating discipline, why it's important, why it's a part of the mindset that you need to, to create, and how you can actually start the process, some things that are very important. So we're going to be diving into that today with Thane. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for this conversation. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. All right, Thane, thank you very much for being here today. We're ex- super excited to have you all the way from Denver, Colorado. Um, part of the podcast, we do rapid fire, five randomly selected questions just to get under your skin with unknown point values. Are you ready? I'm ready. Thanks for having me on today, Chad. Looking forward to it. All right, here we go. Number one, if you had to break the ice during uh, some awkward silence, what mm. joke would you use? Oh man, I, I don't have too many jokes, um, under my belt, but I have a lot of questions. So I may just pose a really silly question. Like if you could be a part of nature, what would you be and why? If you could be a part of nature, what would you be? All right. That's not a very funny question though. No, <laughs> but it'll make some funny answers though. <laughs> I, would have, I would imagine so. All right. Or the, the other one that's a little funnier is if you could take a bath in any um, inedible objects or um, material, what would it be? All right. That thing. That would, yes. That would open up some very interesting question, uh, answers, answers. All right. Number two, yeah. who would be the first celebrity guest on your very own talk show? Now, I know you have a podcast you guys have been doing for a long time. So I'm going to change the question just a little bit for you and say, what if you could ch- choose anybody to be a guest on your podcast? Who would you want to have? Gosh, that's a tall order. There's a lot of people. The two people that just kind of, when you said celebrity, made me think of one would be, I would love to just dive into Tiger Woods and his mind uh, in a in an interview or conversation, deep dive. Or the other one that came to mind on the celebrity front would be Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, because he is a man that inspires so many and does so much. It'd be just fun. I think that'd be a really fun conversation. Yeah, it'd definitely be an entertaining conversation, If especially if you could get him on just that one-on-one conversation in a podcast format. I think that'd be very interesting. Tiger Woods, too. I mean, just to pick his brain, there's, yeah. that, that would be incredible. Very cool. Number three, uh, what is your, quote, I wish I had started doing this earlier in my life thing? Mm-hmm. I wish, well, I guess I'm not with this twofold. One would be um, learning how to learn. I wish I would have learned how to learn, learn sooner so that I could learn more faster sooner. Um, I, you don't learn how to learn in school. You learn how to do well at education, the game of school. Ooh. So it took me until late college to learn how to learn well. And I wish I would have started that earlier. The other one that I was going to say that I haven't even started learning really is another language. Uh, mm. I wish I was bilingual and I just am not. So. 
I would agree with both of those things. Those are that's they're very fu- fundamental. All right, number four. What is one simple thing that everyone finds easy to do but you struggle with? Hmm. <laughs> Resting. <laughs> oh man, I am. I just get a little bit uneasy if I just sit around and rest or mm. not do much. Take a day off. So that's why the Sabbath practice for me of a day set aside of no work is so important because it's one of the hardest things for me to do. Hard for you to not work. Yeah. What is the outcome Which, of that? <laughs> uh, well, if you do, if you follow through with that and, and not ceasing to work, uh, the outcome equals uh, burnout or identity found in work, which are both negative uh, mm. results. Oh, oh, all right. We'll have to unpack that one a little later. All right, number five. You have five minutes to hide a paper clip in your home. A mm. detective is hired to find it, but if he fails, you'll get ten thousand dollars as a reward. Where would you hide the paperclip? Well, I am in about an 800 square foot apartment, which is pretty small. But uh, I, you know, we have this really amazing hiding spot that we magically found on our porch in the pillar. There's a stone that's a little loose that one night when I was sitting on the porch, I just felt it and my foot was resting on it. It was like loose and I, I was able to pull it out. And there's um, basically a secret little nook there that wasn't intended, but is there, and we know about it. And I guarantee that I could get $10,000 by putting paperclip there. (laughs) Well, you can't now because you told everybody where it was going to be. So congratulations there. All right, that's it. Five (laughs) questions you passed. I will give you a score of, let's say, 912. So congratulations. Wonderful. you you have passed. All right. Well, uh, one, thank you very much for, for joining us. So uh, we met over the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a couple of things going on. And in our, uh, our research team's uh, investment of energy to find out more about you, it has been very intriguing. You've got a lot of things kind of that have led to this point, although you appear to be pretty young. So you've got a lot of life experiences that have brought you to a point, uh, uh, and and you're sharing a lot of information. You're 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 speaking. Uh, I guess maybe the speaking circuit is not as busy uh, in person at the current moment, but you've been doing that. You've got some online courses. You've got a couple of books that you've written. Former professional golfer, like. Just all kinds of stuff. So the, the the couple of questions that I have for you, one of the online courses that you have is about discipline. This is mm-hmm. something that I'm very intrigued about right now is creating discipline. But before we get into that, because that's going to be kind of the meat of our conversation today, what what was the experience life like as a professional golfer for you? I would imagine this was very early on in, in life. How did How did that happen? What did it take to get to that point? Yeah, you know, it was. I was really blessed to be able to have that opportunity. Uh, coming out of college, I had trajectory that was promising and talent that was um, noticeably good enough. It was just a question of whether or not I could convert or capitalize on that. So my senior year, I raised, um, uh, I created a business plan and pitched it to friends, family, or other people I knew to to leverage sponsorship um, and gain investors. And God bless me, with eleven investors to start out with and. I planned on three years and then reevaluating. Um, and ultimately, I played for about three and a half years before reaching that point. And what it looked like was a lot of um, 
tournaments on different developmental tours and then oversee is on the one Asia tour for a season. Uh, a lot of great experiences. I didn't, again, capitalize on my talent very well. Early on, it was a lack of mental toughness, mental discipline. Uh, that led to poor performance. And a lot of that is a learning curve that you have to go through in any new field or environment, but especially into the ranks of professional golf. Uh, and on on average, it takes guys seven to 10 years to get to the PGA Tour. So it's not an overnight journey for anyone. And the majority of people, it takes years and years to finally get your card. Uh, so I, um, I, the first half of my career was really the mental struggles and I started to get some momentum and then began the physical struggles of my body. I had a muscle strain in my back that repeated a handful of times over a year and a half. And, and that was really debilitating, uh, both for momentum and just not knowing how to solve the problem of my body. So that provided some really unique challenges, but ultimately that led to me diversifying my interests and really pouring into things like this podcast I started with a friend and and reading and thinking about a wider range of uh, pursuits. Um, and at the end of that time, as I was reevaluating, I sat with the question, who have I been created, equipped, and called to be? And I really felt I could be more effective outside the world of golf than within it, and that's why I decided to pivot. But it wasn't easy um, to make that decision when your whole life has been spent on a sport and there is still the chance of success and the promise of pursuing that. So it was a it was a difficult transition, but I learned a lot from it. I'm really, really grateful for the experiences. And to speak just to your question, as I didn't really hit that is, you know, the experience of playing professionally is pretty uh lonely and isolating and very less sexy than most people think. So you're not that what you see on the PGA Tour on Sunday is the best of the best that have played the best that week. What you don't see is the half to two thirds of the field that missed the cut that week and went home early didn't get money for their tournament, you know, and all that. And that's on every tour tier of tour. So um, there's a lot uh, there's a lot less appeal than most people think. It takes a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice to be successful. Yeah, it I, I've obviously have never been in the world of professional golf, but um, here locally in Charlotte, uh, there was uh, the, the Wells Fargo tournament whatever it's called, yeah. uh, championship. Yeah, that's it. And I got an opportunity to go on the earlier days because that's when people like to, like to give away their tickets. They don't like to give away their tickets on yes. Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> uh, and so it's like, man, who are all these people? And then when you start to look at the the actual, uh, the winnings at the end of it, the person and how it's dispersed, is like, wow, you know, this guy that came in just because he made the cut, even so, it, how much money did it cost to get to that point to make that amount of money? So I can understand that. But here, here's my question on this because you just meant to, you mentioned mental toughness, right? Mm-hmm. And it here's my here's my question because I've heard that my entire life about the game of golf. Mm-hmm. My my grandfather is plays played used to play golf multiple times a week, and it was all about the mental toughness. Explain it to me from your perspective. What does that mean? Why does it require such a high level of mental stability to play Mm -hmm. any sport, I guess, but especially Mm -hmm. golf at a high level? 
Yeah, so uh, I love that question, and I love diving into this because the, in golf, um, it's so attached to your mind, partly because it's an individual sport. So you don't have any teammates. There's no team chemistry or relational dynamics. It's just you, your body, and your mind competing. Now, you have to deal with all the external factors that are influencing that, as well as the internal factors that are influencing it. And I'll give two examples to um, show. And, and I guess the other thing to say on that is that golf requires really fine motor skill movement along with a physical move. So it's a little bit of both, which makes it really unique in that small thoughts can really influence that fine movement as well as the end result that comes from that. And because there's such a small margin for error, it, it provides a, a outsized effects, you could say. So the two examples I'll give is one, a hypothetical one that I think anybody who plays golf can relate to. If you're standing on a tee box and you're hitting a, a drive, and there's water on the right side. Okay, so you don't want to hit in the water. For anyone that doesn't play golf, that's not good, right? <laughs> but say there's water on the right side, and and you get to that tee box. If you are, if the thought in your mind is don't hit it in the water, your body doesn't know if that's no or yes. It just knows that you're thinking about the water, and so it will naturally incline you to end up in the water. Negative affirmations are the same thing as positive affirmations. They're both affirmations. It will create the result often that we are telling ourselves. So the point is to say that in those moments, we have to be able to recognize that I'm saying to myself, don't hit in the water. But what I really need to say to myself is hit it here. Hit it at this tree. Focus on the positive what you're going to do so that that result can be produced. Um, and that takes mental toughness because when we're competing and we don't want to lose or we don't want to look bad or we wanna, we're, we're playing a good round of golf, we have all these internal emotions that are saying, I want to do good and this would prevent me from doing good. So I fear that and that ends up leading us to those places because we're dwelling and focusing on them. So we have to be able to shift our mindset and perspective. And a great personal example for me, there's a mini tour event on the Adams tour in the Midwest. I was playing, um, my parents got to come watch me on this one. Um, I was playing okay. I was kind of right near the cut line and it was number 10 is a par five. I hit a great drive right down the middle. I'm long, so I, I can get to the green in two and I had a six iron into the green and I'm thinking, you know, maybe an eagle opportunity here. I end up cold shanking it out of nowhere. And that happens to everyone at, at times, but it was very unexpected to me. It went OB, complete shank, and it rattled me, right? Now, what I had to do then was take another ball and drop it and hit the exact same shot within a minute or two of what I just transpired. And that is a great example of mental toughness. I am embarrassed. I'm upset. I'm mad at myself. I'm frustrated because I just wasted several shots and I can't afford to waste those. And now I have to hit that same shot with all of those emotions raging within me. And I have to try to find confidence in what I know I can do versus what I just did recently. Um, and that's a great uh, example of what mental toughness or discipline entails. It means I have to will myself in my mind to not focus on what I just did, but believe in the abilities that I have and produce that feeling that produces that result. That's incredible. So I just took a note here, focus on what you need to accomplish, not on what you're trying to avoid. Can you copy this key? That's a question we get asked about 3,422 times a year. And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home. 
because it could be your neighbor, an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems, so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDock.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDock Security, helping you protect your people and your property. The little bit that I've played golf over the years, that is exactly the case. Don't hit it in the water. Don't hit it in the water. And the first thing that you do is you hit it in the water. Um, and Or that's what I do anyway. I, I just typically donate a lot of golf balls to the, uh, to the <laughs> ponds. So I can definitely understand that. And it, when it applies to discipline, I can see that is the case as well. So thank you for sharing that because – when people say you need to be mentally tough to play the game, you need to be mentally tough in business and whatever you're doing, I think that there still needs to be a little more definition to it, a little more mm-hmm. explanation as to what exactly you're talking about and how that is applicable. So thank you very mm-hmm. much for diving that in, diving into that. So let's jump over real quick, shifting gears uh, 180 degrees. You've got a couple of online courses. Um, according to your website and our crack team of researchers, uh, developing, uh, never settle, developing discipline, and then also uh, taking ownership, which is about self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Why those two topics? Yeah, you know, it's been interesting. Since golf, I've been on this path of bringing the systems, habits, and disciplines that I learned in my golf career to people in their professional careers or in their personal lives. And so it's through the development coaching practice I run, uh, through the books I've written, the podcasts, speaking, etc. And over the years of doing this, it's really kind of clarified into this focus for me of developing good self-leaders. My whole thing is I want to develop in myself and in others good self-leadership because if you can't lead yourself well, then you won't be able to lead others well. Typically, we try to go the other way around. Is like, I want to become a good leader, and that means a leader of others, so I need to get followers. And that's a lot of what the social media and that kind of engenders, when in reality, we need to be focusing way more on ourselves and how we can lead ourselves well first, and then we'll be equipped to lead those other people when that time comes. Um, And so with that, I really believe the two core competencies, the two key elements for good self-leadership are discipline and self-awareness. And they're things that every single person can focus on and improve in. Um, And the things that aren't necessarily sexy or fun uh, or that we, the the important thing is we don't default into either of these. We don't just happen into discipline or self-awareness. And that's where the idea of never settling comes from because our default is to settle. Yeah, it's very, it's very true. We as a as a book club in our organization right now, we're uh, going through the book called The Ideal Team Player, and it talks about mm. kind of the three factors of being humble, hungry, and smart. And one of those is is being people smart, just having a, an understanding of when you're dealing with people, and also being aware of your actions. So self awareness is is a huge component of that. So I, I definitely agree with you. Discipline. Why is that mm. relevant? Uh, you from a from a self awareness standpoint, but the the discipline side, and you, you're referring it back to the, the kind of the the application to golf. But how is that relevant in in the world of business or even self leadership? One hundred percent. It it's this idea that again, it, our default as human beings is to take the path of least resistance. So 
without making a choice, we make a choice of going down the path of least resistance. That's our default. We start there. So in order to go up the path of most resistance, if it's like a river, we're going to go downstream and take the least path. But to go upstream, we have to paddle and we have to have a compelling reason why we're paddling to keep paddling, right? That means we have to have effort and intention, so discipline is ultimately effort plus intention because discipline means we're, we're making efforts towards something that's not naturally happening because of the reason behind it, the purpose behind it of what it will accomplish for us. And so I think understanding that that's what discipline is, is at its core and that anything worthwhile in life, anything hard to accomplish in business will take discipline. It will take effort and intention because things don't just magically happen and it doesn't rely on our feelings. It doesn't rely on the situation of the day, it relies on our effort and our intention. Uh, and so I think it's integral to business just as much as it is to life. Um, and I think the other thing to just mention is that discipline is such a beautiful thing that we all have kind of a negative connotation to. And I believe it, it comes from our childhood. You know, I think we have a subconscious negative disposition towards discipline because as kids, our earliest memories are usually that in a negative sense, right? It's I was punished or I had consequences for maybe not my best actions. And that was what discipline is. So as adults, we have to recognize that there's still some of that within us. And we need to just change that. We need to say, okay, I actually think that discipline is a really good thing. It's a fruitful thing. It's a helpful thing. It's a friend. It's not an enemy. And we have to change our mindset to embrace it and see it as good and see it as possible too. Because a lot of us think, oh, I'm just not that disciplined. And, and we use the cop out for that. But, but we all can be. All right. So from that perspective, as you're as you're going through this process, you're you're dealing with with folks. You're you're speaking. You're working on these courses. What is kind of a first step in that? Hey, okay, yes, I have identified. I need to be more disciplined in my life, or I need to create disciplines. What is kind of the first step? How do you how do you break from the norm? Because I don't know. If, maybe it's maybe it's just me, but it, I, I've I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in others' lives where it's it's this it's it's either all or nothing. Right. Mm. People do things in extreme and especially, you know, in the first part of a year, it's the it's the uh, New Year's resolutions and, and all of those things. And it's just in mass extreme. And then it's it fizzles or it dies. So mm-hmm. when you're wanting to be disciplined in something, how what's kind of the first step that you want to take as you start to think through? This is what this is. This is how I need to get things started so that I, I have a long term sustainability with this rather than it just fizzling out. Yeah, I I think that's really a great point you bring up because it isn't an all or nothing type of thing. Um, If we just try to, I think that's where if you look at like effort and intention, intention is the foundation that we have to come from because if we just focus on giving as much effort as possible, we're going to end up fizzling out like you said because there'll be a point where we don't feel the motivation to do it. So the intention, the reason why you're doing it or why you're choosing to pursue or practice discipline is the most important starting point of saying, okay, this is to accomplish this. This is to become a disciplined person. This is to unlock my fullest freedom, which is what discipline produces. The fruit of discipline is freedom for us in our lives. Now, um, with this intention of figuring out why, I think we also have to pair that with um, an understanding that of the difference between motivation and inspiration. So I think inspiration, right, we get from watching Rocky or um, we get from reading 
uh, a quote online or seeing a post on social media. That's momentary inspiration. It's fleeting, right? It comes and goes and it's a good source for maybe giving us a good kick in the pants. But the underlying motivation is what we need to focus on. The thing that even when we're not feeling it, we continue to walk forward because we're motivated by a deeper desire and a deeper purpose and that reason why. So I think understanding that we need to use motivation and then inspiration can be a supplement, but that isn't what we rely on. Um, And then finally, the last thing I'll say is that discipline is usually smaller than you think, meaning it isn't a giant leap. It's not trying to get to this mountaintop in a day. It's not trying to jump to the 10th step overnight. It's saying, I'm committing to taking a baby step every single day. That's what discipline is. It says, I'm going to keep stepping and keep stepping regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how I feel, regardless of the other responsibilities I have. I'm going to keep taking one step every day. And then over time, we become disciplined in a much longer time than we often expect, but also quicker than we realize. Because in that moment, we're not realizing that those little steps are adding up to what they are. All right. What are some of the, the hangups or excuses that you get from people when, when you start talking about this? Are, are you getting any pushback? Like, yeah, but, yeah, I don't think I can do this. Or what, what are the excuses, the pushback, the things that are saying to people or that people are saying is, I don't think I can do this or I don't want to do it? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it comes from um, our experience or recency bias, you know, of like if we haven't felt like we are a disciplined person and if our life hasn't displayed that, we will take the identity of what we've recently uh, been, right? So we're going to be more proclined to say, I don't think I can accomplish that or I don't think that's who I am when our past history or recent history shows that. Um, so we have to understand that we it's possible. Um, and so I think that's a place to be intellectually honest with ourselves to say that we can be disciplined and it is a worthy pursuit is really a, a place that you get a lot of struggle or pushback with from people um, because, again, it, it's thought of as a desirable trait But so many people think that it's just not in the cards for them. That's just not their natural disposition. And my whole point is that we're all naturally not disposed to discipline. I don't think there's a single human baby that is disposed to discipline. (laughs) It's it's learned. And that's through life experiences, through teachers, parents, etc. Or a a skill or or sport. Arena sports is a great place for that because it really instills that in us in a deep way. How much of, of that creating a discipline is based off of or benefits with accountability? 100%. It, it, it really uh, is a, a primary tool for accomplishing discipline, having accountability, whether it be in a human form. It can also be in a digital form. I, one of my favorite uh, forms of accountability is social accountability. So Typically, like when I was writing my book or when I'm creating courses or when I maybe have a blog post, I'm just not feeling like writing, but I know I need to. I will leverage social accountability by putting up a post on social media, whether it be a story or something else, saying, really excited to share my blog post with you on this day. All right. So now I have created an accountability for myself by just publicizing that to the world. And and as humans, one of the one of the most powerful biases that we can leverage is the consistency bias. As humans, we have such a strong bias to be consistent with what we say. Um, and it's so strong that when we say something like that or we publicize or, or say we're going to do something, we are 
inwardly that much more motivated to follow through with that. And actually, the Chinese, I believe, in the book Influence the Psychology of Persuasion, Robert Cialdini brings us out an example. I think the Chinese uh, back in, in this last um, century, they used it on American soldiers to propagate um, a communistic ideology. And so they would get the soldiers in their um, prison camps to write out uh, pro-communist words and to record them on video saying pro-communist things. And these soldiers, when they came home, were believing more in the benefits of communism because of those, in a sense, um, that's, uh, you know, intellectual torture in that sense, but but psychological warfare in that sense. So that, so it just shows the power of how we long to be consistent. And we can leverage that through social media or other tools at our disposal as well. Wow. Okay. So consistency bias, public accountability, that is, I think, a major hack that, uh, that people struggle with is I don't want to mm-hmm. tell anybody about this because if I do, then I am actually going to have to, to do something about it. But it also, if you can leverage it and figure out how to, how to, how to, uh, harness it, I guess it is a powerful tool because once mm-hmm. you start something, you will, ultimately feel continued effort to make it happen because you told people that you were going to do it. Just a reminder, you're listening to the Coffee Break Podcast. Also, we wanted to let you know that our team puts together a weekly blog post. You can find it at locdoc.net slash blog. It's guaranteed to raise your IQ by 12 points or your money back. So it's pretty much a win-win. All right, back to the conversation. Yeah, whatever, whatever that is. I, there was a a, a a friend of mine here recently um, that that did a major physical activity. They were they wanted to to move for a very long period of time, and through the process, they basically said, "I haven't told anybody about this because I'm afraid I may quit." Right. Mm-hmm. But once they got even closer to the point of doing it, they started to tell people about it for the reason to hold them mm-hmm. accountable to make to make sure that it was uh, it was carried through. So there is a huge component of that and it can carry you on through some even physical things that you think I'm, I'm not even going to be able to accomplish, um, but to be able to, to push through and persevere. So that's very, very cool. All right. So uh, you teach a course on creating discipline. <laughs> so what are the some a few practical things like okay for instance we've got a team here in our organization we've got 39 folks and if we were wanting to create levels of discipline uh, of 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 trying to create new better habits in our organization what would be some pointers that you would say these are some things that you need to look at and some things that you need to be mindful of Totally. You know, uh, on just a really um, practical level, my number one, I I like to call them discipline amplifiers. Um, And it's tools or exercise we can do to to, um, increase our discipline. My number one that I recommend to everyone, and this is what I used in golf when I was struggling with mental discipline, it is uh, cold showers. (laughs) Now, cold showers are something that we as humans, typically we take a shower every day. Most humans do. And so it's something we do every day. It's something that no one wants to do. And it's something that has zero negative side effects. It actually only has positive physical benefits to it. And so that is the number one tool in the sense that it's something you're going to do every day. It's something that won't take that long 
and it's something that's possible for everyone and uncomfortable for everyone. And, and what it teaches us is that um, we can choose to do things we don't want to do when we don't want to do them, and we can grow in the ability and capacity to keep choosing that regardless of how we're feeling. Um, and that's the number one thing that that I used, and it's such a beneficial thing because I, I still to this day, it's been probably five years, four to five years, and 90% of the time I'm taking a cold shower. Um, and that's because it's teaching me, it's instructing me that life is not a hot shower. Life will not automatically attach itself to your purpose, to your desires, to your goals. We have to put in the effort and have the intention behind that. And we get to do that daily. And so it's a reminder that life is more like a cold shower than a hot shower. It's good for me. And life is about doing hard things. We benefit from doing hard things. Uh, and so that's my number one tool or discipline amplifier for that. Um, and then some other things for people that are really uh, just in their life trying to make uh, practical progress in this. I think there's two different mindsets that are really helpful to, to think about uh, for pursuing this. One is the practice mentality. One is a performance mentality. And I'll use a golf example in this. In golf, in my practice mentality, when I'm training, I want to be harder on myself than I think I'm capable of of doing, right? I want to have higher goals than I really don't think I can accomplish and push to try to accomplish those within practice. So I need to do drills and other things that are beyond my skills and abilities right now. That helps me get better and that means I need to be hard on myself and, and pretty critical. Now in the performance realm, we need to switch that to be kind to ourselves. The performance mentality is, is showing kindness and grace to ourselves when we don't always live up to our abilities in that moment. Um, because if we're hard on ourselves in those performance settings, we start going down a, a spiral of, of limiting our future performance because we're beating ourselves up more mentally. And that's true in golf, right? If you hit a bad shot and you get mad at yourself, you end up hitting two or three more bad shots versus saying, you know what? Everyone hits bad shots. I'm going to come back and hit a great shot, and that's okay. That kindness and acceptance helps us level up in our performance. And so understanding the arenas in our life when we need to have the performance mindset or the practice mindset will really help us in developing discipline because maybe it's in a meeting setting or you're presenting in front of your team and you have a bad slide or you say a few of the wrong things or you don't communicate as clearly, if you beat yourself up for that, it'll lead to more uh, hardship in that. And that's not a healthy form of discipline. What you can do then is in the practice mode, use that as motivation to be harder on yourself in the practice time. But when you're performing, whatever that setting is, being kind will produce better results. Very cool. All right. Now, this is, I think, the last question that I've got uh, and trying to be mindful of time here. But um, I, I'm going to need you to uh, agree with me on this as much as possible, just for an effort that my wife may be listening to this at some point. In order to improve mental stability in my business, I need to practice golf more frequently because golf helps to build more mental stability. Would you agree with that statement? I think that's a great statement. I would stand by it. <laughs> Well, spoken mm -hmm. from a, uh, a former golf professional, I think is something that I probably should apply in my life. So thank you very <laughs> much for, for doing that. Uh, before we go, I know you've got a couple of, uh, of, of uh, resources out there, uh, some, some books as well. Tell the, the folks that are maybe listening to or, or watching to this that, hey, I want to get some more information or maybe they're interested in the class on discipline, the online course. Mm -hmm. what, what would they need to do? 
Yeah, ThaneMarcus.com is the headquarters for all I do. So it'd be great to go check everything out there. The blogs, the courses, the books, etc. Links will all be on there. And if you're interested in the courses, I do want to give you a little incentive to take that next step. Uh, The discount code podcast, I think will get you 20% off. Um, So that's a great incentive to just take that next step. If this pinged your interest and if this seems like something that you benefit from, I'd love for you to journey alongside me in it and become a, a, a better self leader alongside me. That's the goal. Very cool. I like it. I like the idea of self-leadership. I think it's very practical in the business world. Um, in, in our organization, I mentioned it earlier, we started a book club uh, a couple of months back. And so we're doing a book a month. Uh, one of the books that we did was Leaders Eat Last. And it was mm-hmm. the entire philosophy of we want everybody in our organization to be leaders leading themselves and then also leading others. And, and I think that it's very practical in the world of, of, of business. Like, Understanding one how to create your own disciplines, understanding how to lead yourself well. Uh, I, I, I shared a couple of times with some uh, some folks that that operate businesses. You know, if you don't have the ability to put down on paper what you're supposed to be responsible for and what your vision and what your goals are, then how are you expected to lead those in your organization to do the same? And and I think you said it very well. If if you can't lead yourself, how do you expect to lead others well? So uh, very very cool. Thank you for your time today uh, and the conversation. I've got a page full of notes here and a, uh, a confirmation that I need to spend and invest more time playing golf. And I appreciate that. It was well worth my time today. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me on. This has been a lot of fun and uh, best of luck on those uh more uh, often golf endeavors. <laughs> and so it's, it's creating part of my discipline. Um, I, I will say uh, in, in closing um, that uh, congratulations on the podcast. Uh, I saw that you guys had over a, 100 episodes. We recently crossed over 100 episodes. It is a task to do that. So mm. uh, congratulations uh, to you guys and, and uh, putting in the work for several years to get to that point. So very cool. Thane, thank you very much for joining us today. It has been a blast chatting with you. Uh, Man, learned a lot. And thank you very much for the confirmation that I need to golf more. That is very much appreciated. Uh, If this is your first time listening or watching, well, we definitely would invite you to subscribe. All you've got to do is check out our website, lockdoc.net slash podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. There's uh, links to all of the podcast networks. You can find them there. We have a brand new episode every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. As we mentioned, over a hundred episodes available for you on topics very similar to this that will help you in your business, in your personal life, and whatever you're trying to accomplish. It's all about growth and development and always improving as a matter of fact. So make sure you subscribe. If you haven't checked it out, we also have a video version available. It's on YouTube and Facebook. Just check out and search for LockDoc and Podcast and you'll find it there. Thanks for joining us today. and We'll see you next time on the Coffee Break Podcast. <laughs>